Hey everyone, super quick reminder, we are looking for anywhere from one to three hosts for our podcast after we're done with Avatar. You can find the application for that in the description of this episode below. And you know what is coming next? As we're nearing the end of the series, we're coming up on our Ask Us Anything episode. Because we'll be finished with the series at that point. Well, we already are, but you know, the whatever. All questions are open game. Send us any theories that you want to hear us talk about, plot or character details we might not have covered, or anything you want to know about us. To do as thusly, you can email us at airbenderpod at gmail.com or message us on Twitter or Instagram, both at airbenderpod. That's A-I-R bender. P-O-D. We can't wait to hear from you. And now on to the show. Wee! Hey, Tyler. Yeah, Serena? Um, didn't we already do a best episodes list? Yeah, but that was like for season three. Now we need to do one for the entire series. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, okay. But if people want to know our favorite episodes, they, should, they can just go back and listen to our top five list. Yeah, but, like, we're doing this to, like, compare all of the episodes from each season, like, to each other. But you gave every episode on your top five list a 10 out of 10. Okay, well, you, were, you weren't even here for season one, and I want to know what, what those episodes look like for you. You could have just asked me about it. But what about the listeners? Shouldn't we share that with the world? <laughs> Tyler, you know me. I'm only rainbows and sunshines, and I only care to share goodness in the world. You know why? Because I'm Serena Schreifel. And I'm Tyler Strandberg. And you're listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. On this podcast, we watch the Nickelodeon show Avatar The Last Airbender and analyze the plot, themes, and characters. At the end of each episode, we'll talk about who our favorite character was, as well as give the episode a rating on a scale of 1 to 10. You're listening to the Avatar Podcast. Yep, yep. All right, Serena. Let's dive into this. I'm sorry I kind of took over no. and said you're supposed to introduce the top 10 episodes. That's okay. Because today we'll be talking about the top 10 best episodes of the entire series. Get freaking hyped. Are you ready Ooh. for it? Oh, you're ready for it. Okay. Fast and Furious Ted is coming out soon. I don't know if you had any honorable mentions. I did, thank God. Okay, good. I did too. So I'm not going to go into these... Um, I have five honorable mentions. I'm not going to go into these and why I chose them on my list. I'm just going to read them off. Number 15, I have The Day of Black Sun Part 2, The Eclipse. Oh. Mm-hmm. Number 14, I have The Blind Bandit. Oh. Number 13, I have Jet, mm-hmm. which I am very upset that Jet did not make my top 10. Mm. Number 12, I have The Puppet Master. Okay. And number 11, I have The Tales of Ba Sing Se. Oh! Tales of Busting Say is not in your actual no, top ten. and I'm sad what about the heck? it. Okay, so um, I have two honorable mentions. Okay. Um, in no particular order. Okay, well, the first one is the library. That's not in your top ten? It's not in my top ten. Really? I know. Wow, okay. I know. Oh, and the blue spirit. Okay. My on my HMs, if you will. Mm-hmm. All right, are we ready to dive into it? I'm so ready. Go first. <laughs> okay, so my number 10 is The Boiling Rock Part 1. Okay. Yeah. I. Okay. So we said surprised. this in our wrap-up episode, but I'm going to touch on it again right here. 
for these, I went through literally every single episode that I gave a 10 out of 10. I rewatched it, and then I could compare them all with each other right back to back to back and just get them all, you know? And I had, like, 23 episodes I gave a 10. Wow. So... When I rewatched this, I was like, yeah, this is still just as good. Like, I am still keeping up with it. I'm sorry, the one line where Sokka says to Zuko, boy, you're so paranoid. I'm like, I'm in love with you too. Oh my God, they're dating. Um, I'm actually like kind of obsessed with this episode. Um, uh, Zuko and Sokka are boyfriends and I love them for that. And this is definitely my personal bias, but hey, that's what we're here for. I do love like the role reversal between Zuko and Sokka. Mm -hmm. Um, God, (laughs) my first girlfriend turned into the moon, an icon. Um, I love this, the prison abuse narrative, which I talked about. Um, And I think that translates really well into like workplace abuse, but like this was a good episode. It is a good episode. Really enjoyed this episode. I liked a lot about it. Apart from the great theme on abuse, I think it's really good on like the prison industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the abuse of power dynamics, which like really hits home for me because like my old boss really sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed actually that when Suki is talking to Zuko and she goes like, we already met. You kind of burned down my village. If you look in the background, Sokka reacts like he has this like yikes face on and it's very, very funny. Um, yeah, I just, I loved this episode more than I thought I would. And mm. I, it's definitely my personal bias. But uh, you know what? It's my list. And I love this episode. It's a very, uh, I do love that episode. That maybe is also maybe an honorable mention of mine because it's, spoiler not in my <laughs> top 10. No, it's okay. What is your number 10? The Waterbending Scroll. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. okay. It's. Uh, Coupled it with, you know, like the very kind of intense themes that happen pretty quickly in season one, mm-hmm. it's a really great just like source of relief. Mm-hmm. And you also get to see, an, it's like the first, well, one of the first times that I saw, okay, there's a lot more dimension to this show than I originally thought there was. Mm-hmm. Also, it's just really funny. Um, was that written by John O'Brien? It was. Yes, I knew it. I was like, this is my guy. This yep. is my humor. This is. See, like, yes. you can tell. You can you tell can when tell. he wrote these episodes. He has yeah. a very distinct writing style. He does, and I, like, super respect that a lot. Mm-hmm. Ah! Yes. And that's, like, really all there was to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just kind of took all of my tens and I went, okay, I feel you. Yep. And I feel that you belong I feel that. here. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love in that episode how Katara is stealing from the rich. Like, uh, Katara is an anti-capitalist icon. I am obsessed with her. Okay, so up next. God, Serena, I'm sorry. What is next? Tell me. This list was so hard to make. This list was so, so difficult. I felt so bad about kicking like episodes out of my top ten. That's why I included like the honorable mentions because I just love all of these so much. And I'm so sad I'm saying number nine as if like, oh it's only number nine, but like it's still my ninth favorite. So my number nine is the desert. Oh yeah, I I love this episode. I mean, I like, know. I don't know if you remember back in season two, I was crying during this episode. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really great balance of, like, so many yes. different things. I think Sokka is the perfect release, relief for, ten, like, tense situations. Um, 
the breakaway to Iroh and Zuko is always perfectly timed. It's like mm-hmm. always just when we need it. We are seeing these things. Aang's emotional grief is so sad. Ugh. Like, ugh, it just weighs down on you. And then this is paired with Katara being like the only one with the will to survive. It's very haunting. It's like low-key terrifying. Yeah. It's like just an amazing episode. Katara's work in this episode is just, it's very selfless. I mean, she's mm-hmm. the only one who is working to keep them all alive and like no one is even really noticing. Aang is being way too wrapped up in his emotions to notice. It's a very harrowing story. Harrowing, is that yes. the right word? Yes. Okay, it is a very harrowing story about grief and survival and endurance and even just like what makes life worth living. And it is incredibly sad. It is heartbreaking. It is very dark. And the ending just gets me every single time. Like, I... I cry every time I see that ending. Yeah, when Katara wraps her arms around, it's... Mm-hmm. God, just even the fact that she stays with him to just, like, pull him down and calm him, calm him down. Ugh, it gets to me. Okay, enough about that. Serena, what is your number nine? My number nine happens to be Cave of the Two Lovers. Shut <laughs> up. I am obsessed <laughs> with this. Okay, clearly you like the comedy episode. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get we'll get into okay, it. But yeah. like, oh my gosh. This, uh, I can't remember the freaking name, but the dude that's like the... Um, Chong. He's a, Chong. I love him. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. And then uh, we just get to learn so much because um, we learn about the Badger Malls in this episode. Yes. And it's just, uh, it's the, the lore that's extended there. And when we first find out the tension or like actually put into realization the tension between Aang and Katara mm-hmm. it's just I love I'm a sucker for like the I hate this word but I'm going to use it juxtaposition between like the the lightness of the outside and then the dark maze on the inside mm-hmm. it's just like it's kind of has a similar feeling to me like the, how much I feel about the library mm-hmm. it's just that great story arc sometimes that's, you don't need any more than that sometimes yeah. that's just those are how I'm feeling the job done mm-hmm. yeah. it does get it done it Way to go, Chung. Way to go, Chung. Okay, so you might be sensing a little bit of a pattern with mine, too. I like the more emotionally heavy episodes. Oh, boy, do I know. So my number eight is The Storm <gasps> from season one. I am obsessed with this episode. I love, like, the hints with Zuko's character and how it's tying back to what we learned about him in the Southern Air Temple. I think it's really, like, an interesting setup with the storm, too. It's this great, like, exposition for learning the turmoil past of both Zuko and Aang. It's just such a great setting for the episode. I love how the stories, like, in the past feel so authentic. Like, they really do a great job of, like, displaying how, like, both Aang and Zuko grew up. It's just the way it's stylized, too. Like, Aang's past is very, like, bright and, like, hopeful. And, like, Zuko's is surrounded in, like, this darkness. And even though there's, like, still a, like, glimmer of light, he, like, it's as if he's looking back on it with, like, this, like, what's it called? Rose-colored glasses, you know? Just looks back, like, very bright on this very dark past, you know? I think it's heartbreaking. I love that it just gives a... It, this extreme depth on both of these characters in a way that, like, it just, ugh, it just, it resonates. It resonates so, so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells us why Aang was reluctant to be the Avatar, which we've been, like, struggling to learn since, like, the first episode. And this episode just kicks up the entire series, like, an entire notch. Mm-hmm. And it does a great job at it. Uh, That's, yeah, I, I like this episode a lot. Okay, what is your number eight? My number eight is... 
the boiling rack part two. Oh, nice. Ah! Okay, I'm into that. I wish that I could put the boiling rock as like one cohesive episode, like parts one and two together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I chose part two because um, I am a sucker for endings um, and good endings. And Mm -hmm. when their dad, when Okoto walks out, it's just like... (gasps) Like, okay, because my my point with the Boiling Rock part one at the end was like, oh my gosh, if, like, of course his dad is going to walk out. Like, that's the story. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then when he actually does, I think that they stylize it in a way that's so... It just, it takes my doubt and my suspicion of feel-good stories mm-hmm. and just like reinvigorates it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yes, it is. Also, I just... I love how all the characters work together. Like, I love the way that Zuko is working with Sokka, and Sokka's working with Suki, and Suki's working with Zuko, Mm -hmm. and they're all working together with Hakoda, and what's the dude's name that leaves his girlfriend and his friend behind at the very end? Chit Sang! you bastard! Yep. I love how he, like, insists on bringing them for the first escape attempt, but the second one, he's like, nah, I'm getting out of here. Oh, my God. And then, just the fight between... Zuko and Azula is just, and then the way that May defies Azula is, it it really is a very cataclysmic episode, mm-hmm. uh, and I I think it very much does a good job of displaying the interactions between the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh my god, thanks. Yeah, you did you did a great job of describing that. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Okay, we are now on to number seven. Seven mm-hmm. already. My number seven is the Ember Island Players. I knew it. I'm sorry. I had to put this I on my kn- top well, ten. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I am, knew. I am I knew. obsessed I with this episode. I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I am so... God, peak humor. I'm sorry. Like, I know it's bad. I know that there's criticisms. I know it's not great. But this is this is funny. This is so <laughs> funny. I am obsessed with... I... God, I love this episode. It just works for me in, like, all of the right ways. I know I wrote this down. I'm able to have the privilege where I can look at this and I can look over the sexism, the very overt sexism in this episode, and I still find it funny, and it really is problematic. But, like, oh, God, this is a funny episode. (laughs) I don't disagree with you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, it just it does a great job of yeah. like poking fun of all of the things mm-hmm. they did in the series, things they were like stereotypically known for, um, things that they might have messed up on, things that they wish they could do. I just it's it does a great job at poking fun of itself, mm-hmm. and it's better than just like a normal clip show episode where they just show like flashbacks of other episodes. Like God, I hate clip show episodes, and mm-hmm. I think this episode just does a really, really, really great job at doing that. So. Go Ember Island players. Serena, what is your number seven? <laughs> it's the blind bandit. Okay, that makes a lot of yep, sense. Yep, yep, yep. An introduction unlike no other to my girl. Tough, 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 mm-hmm. tough, tough. Ah, I love her. Um, okay, obviously all the characters are very different, but no one has a backstory like Toffs. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue maybe Zuko's a little bit, but like mm-hmm. also not really. Just the way that they introduce Toff into the mix. It's a prime introduction episode. I'm sorry, but Agreed. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. It's, mm-hmm. it's a 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 10. Like, I kind of wish that there were like other characters. I mean, I get why they did it for Toff because she also is a part of the Get Ang, um, and it's a really great start for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that they might have 
I wish that they had introduction episodes for other characters that mm-hmm. were set up in this way. Um, but tops are girls, so like I'm yeah. not complaining. Yeah. The trope of like the okay, all of these tough dudes are fighting in the ring, um, and it turns out that the champion is just like this small disabled girl mm-hmm. is something that is so uplifting and hopeful and it's just like hell yeah you know hell yeah i mean obviously watching it for the first time you have a lot of hope for Toph. um and then like you know watching it for whatever the time i was watching it for it's like ah this is such a great setup and at the same time i can feel so let down Mm -hmm. that's why it's not higher up on my top 10 list is because i feel so let down by what i know is not going to happen yeah but um, it's it's a good one. It's and then when she runs away and she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna join you." I was like, "I knew it I was in so your funny heart." How she's like, "My dad changed his mind. <laughs> he <laughs> said I'm free to travel the world." And it's like, "Yeah, I'm sure he did." That sounds like a big 180 flip. Yeah. Okay. But sure. And Sokka's like, "Well, let's go before he changes his mind again." <laughs> like they fully know. Oh, what's they going obviously on. did. Yeah, and they still they still welcomed her. Ah. That was my seven. Anyone should be free to break from the oppression that they face. Don't make me cry. All right. Mm. Number six. We're almost halfway there. Again, I really hate this. I hate how I had to, like, order these. I really mm. hate... It's like, this is, again, one of my favorite episodes, and it feels like, oh, only number six. It should be higher up, you know? But, like, this is hard. So, oh, God, I wish this was higher up there, but... My number six is City of Walls and Secrets. Yes. Um, I love this episode. Like, Mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite episodes of all Mm -hmm. time. Um, I think that they are diving into so many, like, deep and complex themes. Um, All of them, like, surrounding politics and, like, even class, um, totalitarianism, dictatorship, fascism, control of information and government, um, policing behavior, and even thoughts. Like, it's really intense. Um, They talk about class division a little bit, too. I really love this. I love, like, Jet's obsession with trying to find out about Iroh and Zuko. It's just so interesting to watch. Like, thematically, this episode is amazing. There's a lot going on here that can be discussed, Mm -hmm. and I think that's very important. And while there's not as many moments that stand out in memory and it's not, like, as moving emotionally as some other, like, parts or mm-hmm. some other episodes, it's still really, really great. And, like, Long Fang's introduction as a villain blows my mind. Mm, I think you. this episode is just doing so many things right. And it is saying all of the right things in exactly the right way. Mm-hmm. This episode blows my mind. I love this episode. Very good. Thank you. What's your number six? The Southern Air Temple. Ooh, interesting. Oh, oh. it is just in the fact that overall it is, it's one of the heaviest episodes for me. Mm -hmm. And yet it absolutely, just the history and the lore that is created and the absolute freaking tragedy I remember when I was a kid, I watched this episode, um, and I, th- like I said, it was like 10 or 11. I, like, literally had to talk to this episode at my child therapist. Well, my therapist wasn't a child, but, like, you know, like, I went to therapy as a child, mm-hmm. and I brought up this episode mm-hmm. because, like, I was absolutely shaken, like, genocide like introducing genocide Mm -hmm. that way um of course it shook me up because i'm a sensitive hyperactive little baby yeah um yet 
in the way that like I still put it in my top 10 because in the same vein, it's such a compassionate episode. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I want to like bang my head against the wall because it's so good and it's so heartbreaking. It's just absolutely just like takes the knife and just freaking twists it just enough mm-hmm. where you you like ugh, fall to your knees and just ugh, it's my heart. It's yeah. melted. It's gone. Yeah. I, it, it belongs. Who knows where? In the air. I'm going to go cry. BRB. Actually, um, Southern Air Temple was the first time I cried. Really? Avatar The Last Airbender. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I also cried after. <laughs> <laughs> and during my you therapy session. I do not blame you. <laughs> yes. Yes, so um, that was my number six. Serena, here we are halfway through. Halfway? Oh, my God. My number five is the Southern Air Temple. Shut up! Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> I think that's funny we put them like <laughs> close right in the, the same moon. like yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. This episode is amazing. Like when I rewatched this again when I was going through I was like holy shit. This is like one of the best episodes so far. Oh yeah. It's wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Um there's never really a dull moment in this episode. Every single Every moment we learn something new about the mm-hmm. characters. Like literally every single line of dialogue is intentional. We find out Zuko has been banished and he's mm-hmm. been in exile. Apparently, like the Fire Nation thinks he has no loyalty to them. What's not to love about this episode, exactly. right? Like the grief that Aang goes through is heartbreaking. And this is the first episode that adds so much more dimension to like the different characters. Like I said that the storm really kind of like turned things around for Avatar or something like made it different. But like this episode laid all of the groundwork, yes. you know, and like mm-hmm. it does, I wouldn't even say it's even laying the groundwork. I'd say it's like doing a great job at like letting the viewer like discover things about these characters. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I did write a few things I had to get nitpicky about just mm-hmm. because I was like, it's, are there things I don't like about this? Um, yeah, just it, there's like a few little like continuity errors, and like that's mm-hmm. kind of why I bumped it down to a five because I was like, okay, this these small little things are just you know when I'm comparing like all of my favorite episodes, I have to get nitpicky. Yeah. Um. So the Kiyoshi statue isn't next to Roku. Um, oh, really? When they're in the air temple, it's the Kuruk statue that's right next to Roku. Huh. Right. Um, Iroh says that ginseng is his favorite tea when later in the series he says that jasmine is his favorite. Um, the art style is pretty distinctly different for this episode. I don't know if you noticed that, but it is, it has Mm -hmm. a very distinct look that is different from all of the other episodes. Um, and the airbending (laughs) had weird sound effects in this episode. I don't know. Like, I was watching it and, like, they start airbending and it just had these weird sound effects added to it and I was like what is that air doesn't make that sound like a whish no not like a whisk like um I don't remember it sounds like something scraping against metal but like not like in a kind of way in like a kind of way oh I see oh obviously that didn't bother me (laughs) I don't know it's like it was just something weird I noticed and I I don't yeah it's not a big deal it was I like this episode a lot. Okay, what was your number five? Get ready for this, folks. My number five is the Puppet Master. Ooh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm so drawn to the absolute, like, morbid theme that Katara has to go through in this episode. Like, oh, my God. Like, making that decision Mm -hmm. is 
heartbreaking mm-hmm. at like heartbreak at its very finest, if you will. Yeah. Oh my god. And I just think it's fascinating that um they took Hama for this specific part. Mm-hmm. Like, Hama as a woman, Hama, um, who was once part of the Southern Water Tribe, like, mm-hmm. all the puzzle pieces all fit together in a very um, unsuspecting way, or at least it was for me, but in a way that made so much sense. Mm-hmm. It's like a dastardly episode. Mm-hmm. It is just, oh my God, the fact that bloodbending actually is a thing. And because, like, when I first watched the series, I had not even thought about the fact that, like, bloodbending could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um but then, like, I was, like, obsessed for it for a while. I was, like, looking on all of the um, forums and review pages and stuff like that and being like, oh, my gosh, like, whoa, there's so much more to this world than I actually thought that there was. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of the the point where I was like, oh, my God, these possibilities and the future could be so, like, is that hard and soft magic line going to be divided in a certain sort of way in the future of this canonical world? It was fascinating. And I just, I, mm, I'm a sucker for feminine heartbreak. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. It is so powerful. And Katara is so strong. I think personally, this episode, I think is Katara's strongest episode. Like it's where she has to pull from the very depths of like her sorrow. Yeah. And, yeah, and then when she just breaks down at the end, it's just yeah, ooh, it's a lot. It is, ooh. it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I do also really like that episode. It's so. a good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now here we go. Now we're in. We're in top. We're top, in top four, four now. Ooh, I don't even know what you're. I feel like I know one or two of your. Yeah, spots. I'm like kind of curious. I'm like, are there going to be any more of our episodes that like yeah. line up? Like. Is the Southern Air Temple going to be the only episode that we share on yeah. our top ten? I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Okay, so my number four is Sozin's Comet Part 3 into the Inferno. Look, this is just such a heavy emotional episode. Like, all of these fights and battle sequences are so, like, emotionally tied down. Like, I can't even really put my finger on why I love this episode so much other than just, like... It's it's pretty. It's really beautiful. Um, like, the fight sequences are amazing. I am obsessed with, like, the color. Um, I actually wrote down, I am obsessed with all of the color work and editing and cinematography in this episode. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. I can go back. I feel like I can go back and watch this episode over and over and over again and never really get sick of it and feel the same thing. Every single time I watch it, mm-hmm. um, I can't. I can't really pinpoint why else I like it. So because you're, it's your feeling. It's, it's Feel your feelings. feelings. Okay, now I'm gonna pass it off to you. What's your number four? My number four is Lake Laogai. Ooh, interesting. Uh, uh, I love this. This episode. This is like the like in terms of like c- color and stuff. It's the darkest episode. I'm just like. <gasps> It's all, like, the mystery that you have to uncover in the political intrigue and the way that the characters have to work together in order to find that out. And then Jet's reconciliation and then, ah, Jet's death. Does Jet I think Jet dies in Lake Laogai. You know... It was really unclear. I mean, stop. <laughs> like, okay. When Top delivers the line, he's lying. Yeah, that's, I just, it's, it's pretty obvious that it doesn't make it. At least to me it is. Ooh, yeah. The mystery, the intrigue, the... Uh, oh, my gosh. And then, like, 
just the way that Azula like is in there manipulating everything. It's just, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this today? Mm-hmm. What the freaking A? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ugh. It's just, and the bending in this episode, like the action, like Toph does a really sick move with the Rachnir. I mean, like, I feel like Toph always does sick moves, but like, mm-hmm. who am I to say? Yeah. Um, ugh, it's good. The action, ah, action, intrigue, darkness. Oh, yeah. Give me. Yeah. Give it to me. And it did. It gave it to me. Good. That was my number. Okay. What was that number? That was number four. Number four. <laughs> now we're on to number top three. three. <laughs> top three. I feel pretty comfortable with my top three. Yeah. I'm like pretty happy with the order that I put my top three in. So my number three is the Southern Raiders. I knew it. I knew that I would pop up. Love mm-hmm. this episode. I think this is the best written episode of Avatar. Um, Like, if I am objective, I think this would be the number one. Mm. Um, The only two I have above it are because, like, I like them personally, like, a bit more. Um, But, yeah, this is just such a dynamic episode. Like, it really goes just beyond, like, what a kid's TV show is saying. Like, and what's... people think TV is usually capable of doing in general. I just like, oh, there's so many different like parts shifting to this and things that go into it with like the storytelling and like the narrative devices and the way things are framed. I love like the shift to young Ra's character like at the end and how like it kind of puts him in like a more victim situation and like that's reflexive on like the trauma that he inflicted onto Katara as a child and how Nisho now she's like putting that onto him. Oh god, ugh, I'm obsessed with this. There are like a lot of parallels in this episode. It just ties up a lot of things like very beautifully. Like I just I I love this episode. I don't know. It's it's great. It's great. It's amazing for Katara's character. Mm-hmm. It's amazing for like Suko and their relationship. It's framed in so many beautiful ways. Oh God, I'm obsessed with this episode. I knew that episode yeah. was going to come in here somewhere for yeah. you. I'm sorry. Uh, it just I had no. To. I, it's, it is. I love this episode. episode. Okay. Your number three. Sozin's Comet Part 3 into the Inferno. Wow, nice. Okay, cool, cool. Yep, so we do yep. have at least two that line two. up. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, just visually, this is the most striking episode, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. out, of, out of almost all of them. And I also, I just, I can't get over Azula's descent into madness. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. I know. It is, mwah, it is chef's kiss. I know. It, it, oh, it is everything I want from that femme fatale. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm feeling her pain right now. It's, oh, yeah, it, it's just, it's a... It's my favorite part of the series finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the most well done part of the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, the action is amazing and glorious. Um, and you know I'm a sucker for action. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Are. So that that action, that visual. I mean, you throw Azula in there, and I'm just like, that's that's the perfect recipe. Mm. It's what it is. All right. All right. Oh, getting down to the wire. Oh God, we really are. Are we on number two already? Yes. Okay. So my number two is Zuko alone. Ah, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm like, I'm like, I, I guess these. Yeah. God, okay. I'm sorry. I'm that predictable. No. Um, I, I think it says a lot about the way Zuko struggles 
like, after he's left his uncle and, like, how truly desperate he is. Um, they even, like, draw out, like, how much weight he's lost, which is mm-hmm. weird, but, like, kind of, oh, God. It starts with him, like, truly lost and wandering aimlessly, and he doesn't even know, like, who he is or where his life is going or what his next goal in life is. And it's, like, very difficult for him to accept, like, the kindness that others show him as well. And we even see him, like, as he struggles, like, with that and what he's gone through and how it relates to, like, him and his family. I think the flashbacks tell us just so much about who Zuko is and as a kid and where he is now. And I think it really ties that well back into the episode of what he's going through right now. Mm -hmm. And we're even able to connect that to, like, what he's been through. I think it's just laid out in, like, this beautifully perfect way. It is very, like, cinematic in the way that it tells this entire story. Um, and shapes Zuko as a character. It just, it's its truly one of the greatest episodes of Avatar. I want to hear what your number two is. My number two. Similarly to you, I feel pretty confident in my top three. Mm-hmm. My number two is The Storm. Wow. Okay. Yes. So um, this episode is the one that got me sprinting. Mm-hmm. You learn so much because this episode is my favorite to rewatch mm-hmm. already knowing what happens mm-hmm. because you can see you can kind of feel the way that that redemption arc is going to happen for Zuko and how he and Aang are going to work together to like you know bring some light over to the darkness and to mellow out some of that like you know optimism and rose rosy whatever mm, i <sighs> storms are my favorite mhm I do all also in all. like a good storm. To me, storms are very cleansing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this episode, I thought it was a really, really cool dichotomy to see the like the tragedy and like the trauma that happens for both Aang and Zuko and other characters as well, but like specifically for those two and just how it, it feels like it's foreshadowing that they're working together is going to be cleansing mm-hmm. for both of them mm-hmm. and is going to partly heal some of that trauma um, in ways that they didn't recognize mm-hmm. or knew that they needed. Interesting. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Yeah. Mm. I love the storm. I think I know what your top one is. I think you do too. It's, it's, I think I've made it clear that it's my favorite episode. It's the Crossroads of Destiny. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love this episode so much. <laughs> it's it's my favorite episode. Um, also, like this episode hits different after the attempted coup on the Capitol on January sixth. Uh, like this episode really just hit different. Um, I love like this joint like partnership between the gang and Iroh. Everything going on with Suko and Katara is amazing. Um, Azula's manipulative rise to power is iconic. The fight scenes in this episode are so good and they are super entertaining to watch. And like, oh my god, it's so emotional when Katara is telling Zuko everything about the Fire Nation has done to her and how much it's destroyed her. And it's like, oh my god. And he's just like sitting there because he's like, yeah, I can't really argue with you. And it, like, they're connecting on that moment. And then like, <laughs> god, there's so many things. Like, there's a fight scene, especially too, with like Katara and Azula, and like she cuts off a little bit of her hair, and it's that <sighs> foreshadowing yes. about how Katara is eventually going to be the one to best Azula. Iconic. That's like that's some legendary behavior. Like this just accumulates 
everything in absolute perfection from both like this season, like setting up everything about like the Avatar state and like how he eventually is like killed in the Avatar state and it just sets up that interesting narrative. Um, but just there's a lot going on here too. It's like with Zuko too, how he like was changing as this person. He's been getting better and he's been like trying to find what he really wants and who he is. And he still resorts back to this idea of like what he always has want returning to something he thought like was always his, even though it might not be what he wants anymore, where his life is leading him to. I just think this episode does all of it. And that ending, oh my God, I am crying. I am sobbing. When Katara catches Aang and she's just like holding him, and you see like she's crying. To, oh, beautiful. <sighs> chef's kiss. I love this episode. It is a chef's kiss. Want to know why I figured that that would be your favorite episode? Why? Because it's also my favorite no episode. Way! Yes. Chester's oh <laughs> Destiny is my number one on my top 10 best. Yes. For everything that you said, like the imagery. The uh, the force mm, La Pieta is yes oh my god right like what a perfect allegory like, uh, the Avatar has been tied as like this Christ figure yes. and then you see him and like it's Mary holding Jesus after the cross oh. Mm. oh gee I'm I'm obsessed I am oh, yes I can't I can't I this is perfect it's a perfect I'm sorry I'm interrupting okay keep going to to be honest this episode is a huge reason as to why season two is my favorite season mm-hmm. like. Like I said earlier, the ending, it beautifully, like, washes over you, but it leaves you still just soaked in this, like, tragedy. And it's like, what is going to happen next? Like, mm-hmm. why, you know, mm, the fact that oh, Zuko... I know, I know, I know you just I know You bestie. just said it. Like, the fact that Zuko, you know, goes back to his bad habits, quote-unquote, is like... It, it really does show that you can mess up so many times, but if you still have that good heart and you believe, and uh, it's just... Yeah. And the bending. The bending. When Katara does the water... Like, like the, the octopus. Yes! Oh, my God. She's literally taking oh. on so many Dai agents. And, like, yes. I love this, like... There's this slow progression of, like, Katara and her waterbending, and I love how the very first move you see her is, like, the idea is to create a giant wave, and, like, she can't do it. She, like, breaks, and then in that episode, she rides this huge wave that just takes out all the Daily Agents. Amazing. Icon shit. It's so good. And then in season three, during the Southern Raiders, she creates a huge wave that nearly (laughs) knocks over an entire ship. Mm -hmm. Like, you see these small progressions of her character. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It's... (laughs) I love this episode. For every single character, there is a triumph. Yes. Whether it's a tragic triumph or whether it's, like, you know, like, just a character triumph. It's Mm -hmm. for every single character. Yes. It's yes. so beautifully Literally. written. Mm-hmm. So just just the best written episode. And honestly, like, that might be why I think season three is a little bit of a letdown. Because, like, you go from this and yes. then you go right into season three where they go back to, like, their season one, like, episodic journeys. And it's mm-hmm. like, where, like, what happened to this? What yes. happened to everything we just saw in season two? All and, of like, the hard, emotional, like, maneuvering and character development. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> wow, good for you. I'm obsessed with that. Good for you. <laughs> oh, my 
my I'm gosh. so happy. Okay, wait. So which ones did we have in common? We had the Crossroads of Destiny. Crossroads of Destiny. We had the, the Storm. storm. Um, Chosen's Comet Part Chosen's 3, Comet Into Part the Inferno, three. and the Southern Air Temple. The Southern Air Temple, yep. So we had four overlap. That's not bad. No, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's what I like about this is we have such different opinions yes. on things. Because, mm-hmm. so. like, the other ones were definitely, like, yeah, nowhere like, near your... <laughs> well, like, everything on your list was yeah. amazing, Everything you know? on your list was amazing. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's what's, that's what's so ah, great about Avatar. There's something good. for everyone. Exactly. Well put. Well they're put. all amazing until they're not. Until... And that'll be covered on our next episode. Wash your mouth. everybody get ready to wash your mouth (laughs) that's all we have for this episode a huge thank you goes out to producer and audio engineer Aaron Bogan along with their production company Son Event Productions and Annie Galloway who made our cover art and is our graphic designer why are you saying it like that (laughs) look you got to enunciate Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because it helps more people find us. Don't forget to tell a friend about the show or share the show if you like it. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email is airbenderpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram, both at airbenderpod. That's A-I-R benderpod. I don't know what's Was going that on better? right now. Should I enunciate like, or not? Which I'm one sorry. Do you the want, fact Serena? that we had the same favorite top episode would make me think that you'd be a little less lenient towards my criticism of your addiction. So <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like if you're gonna criticize me, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take that criticism and I'm going to just try to be I'm a better person because it. of it. <laughs> I'm going to apply it. Um, <laughs> Choose what you want. <laughs> Choose your heart. <laughs> I'm Serena Schreifels, the co-host of this show. You can follow me on Instagram at Serena underscore Schreifels. That's S-E-R-E-N-A underscore F-C-H-R-E-I-F-E-L-S. I am Tyler Strandberg, the host, creator, and head writer of the show. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, both at TylerJohn7. That's T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-N and the number seven. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We love you so much. We'll see you next week and get ready. We're about to throw the hammer down. Oh, my God. I'm going to vomit. I'm so excited. (laughs) 